You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Up in the morning, before day, I don't like it, no way. Eat my breakfast too soon, hungry as a hound dog. By noon, went to the mess sergeant on my knees. Mess sergeant, mess sergeant, feed me please. Mess sergeant replied with a big old grin. If you want to be airborne, you got to be thin. Hey, hey, all the way. We run every day. Hey, hey, all the way. Uh, we run every day, and we're back. And we are back on America's Web Radio, and uh, that's our favorite Jody singer. <laughs> uh, General Richard Dix retired, and uh, we appreciate, uh, certainly appreciate him and his Jodies. And, you know, uh, we did a, so many folks don't even know what a Jody is. Mm-hmm, and, that's true. Uh, we, um, we did one the other day for uh, somebody, and uh, they really got a kick out of it. And uh, let's see when uh, Michael uh, or or Mike uh, Mazel was in, uh-huh. we did one. Okay, and uh, and uh, you know, just uh, people got to take them right, but they got to understand that uh, back in the day, and I assume every base and post and fort right now, or somebody's out there singing a Jody. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, what it means to the troops, and it's uh, it's uh, it's just not because it's because there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a motivational tool. Yeah. It helps you get through whatever you get you're going through. And uh, and there's some that are uh, a little coarser than others, but they, yeah. that's all right. Uh, and we've had to reshape them over the over the years. I bet that's true. Yep, absolutely. So you had a you have a couple of announcements that you want to make, and uh, want to ask everybody to uh, listen up. And uh, uh, you know, this is unfortunately uh, you're going to be making more and more of these. I'm afraid. Yep, absolutely. You know, uh, each day we're losing uh, more and more uh, veterans from uh, World War II. Uh, Korea, Vietnam, and uh, OIF and OEF. And, um, you know, this past uh, two, three weeks, uh, we've said goodbye to Sergeant uh, Charles Stewart uh, out of Rock Island, Illinois, um, World War II veteran that served in every major campaign uh, from North Africa to Germany and crossing over into Germany with the Red Ball Express and uh, other combat elements. Uh, he participated in uh, D-Day. And it, it, it tells you that um, the greatest generation um, is still around. Um, they're fewer and fewer uh, as we approach each day. But when you have time to spend time with a veteran and listen to the stories and uh, pick their brains about why they served, it, it means a lot, and it, it it's another indicator that this show is greatly needed. Uh, we also lost Lance Corporal William B. Oglesby from the United States Marine Corps. Uh, he participated in Vietnam in 64-65, uh, and uh, great father, great brother, great uncle, and just an all-around great leader that taught me a lot about how to lead and uh, how to care for others. And um, we lost him to um, Vietnam-related uh, injuries, 
and uh, a rare heart condition. And then the final person that I want to mention is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Marvin Kellum, a great friend of mine, uh, served right on the cusp of Desert Storm, but more importantly, uh, served in Iraq and Kuwait, and uh, he leaves behind a family. He died unexpectedly. He served um, as a Department of the Army civilian at the Pentagon and uh, passed away uh, just last week. And um, I tell you, it's been a tough week for the Kellum family. His mother passed away on the, the uh, this past Saturday. And, uh, you know, we suspect from a broken heart, but that family now has to bury two of their loved ones. So our prayers... And uh, God's peace, please be, go out to that family and the families that I mentioned uh, earlier. I want to say hello to the uh, mermaids from uh, LA Fitness and let everybody know that, hey, uh, I will be back soon. Uh, the transition is almost complete. And I'd like to thank uh, David Moxley for all of his help in uh, getting the family moved and uh, around town movers. Uh, have done a great job. Uh, still not done. We still have one more section to go, and that'll happen later in the week. But uh, we're looking forward to the uh, new location and giving back uh, to the state and uh, to those veterans that are in need and other family members and uh, students that we speak to on a weekly basis. We're really looking forward to that. And the last thing that um, I like to mention, David, is that um, – the times that we're living in do not call for panic. They call for America's resolve and strength. Uh, listen to what the medical professionals are telling you. Uh, social separation is a good thing when you've got a uh, airborne disease that is not brand new. You know, it's been around for a while. Uh, we may be dealing with a, a new strain that needs to uh, be dealt with, but the, the disease overall is not brand new. Uh, we just need to practice good hygiene. We need to make sure that we take care of our seniors and give them every opportunity uh, to get through this storm. Uh, we talked about earlier uh, troops being called up. You know, I really don't think we're at that point yet. However, um, troops to transport those that uh, need transport uh, to either medical appointments or uh, back to their homes after they've gone through quarantine uh, may be okay. But I don't think uh, mass troop call-ups with uh, troops in Mop 4 or uh, the uh, chemical protective gear is uh, warranted right now. How do you feel about that, David? No, I, I, uh, I agree, and I think that, um, you know, I... I Speak for myself, not mm-hmm. not for anyone else, but uh, I think everything is being done that can be done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we saw what it did in China. I still have my, my personal beliefs because of the uh, coincidence of the oil industry and uh, this virus and a few mm-hmm. other things that are sort of under the table. But uh, I don't think this was just a happenstance i think um either we're being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. or or it was planned and i don't know there is one thing that i would would really like to say if you don't mind richard about and and wrap up what you said is that 
we don't choose our time to depart. Amen. Uh, it's, you know, I don't know when my time is, your time is, or anybody else's, but the point of the story is we're all going to at some point, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, my family is like every other family. We've made the mistake that... Uh, uh, I didn't talk to my dad before he died uh, to get his, some of his World War II stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly my grandfather and, and my uncle, my uncle served in the uh, Spanish-American War that I didn't even know about wow. until, you know, this was many years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, he was he was one of the Rough Riders. Wow. In fact. And, Outstanding. Uh, uh, you know, and... and I have no idea some of the stories he could have told, mm-hmm. and uh, they're gone. Right. And my point being is, if you have a veteran in your family, or it doesn't have to be a veteran, I, it was like my like my grandfather had so many interesting sayings, mm-hmm. you know, idioms that, uh, you know, I can remember some of them, but I can't remember all of them. Right. And, you know, every family that I know of, well, I'm going to get down Uncle Joe's stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm going to record it, or I'm going to write it down. And uh, he dies, and they never right. going to get around to it, mm-hmm. and uh, they never get around to it. So I guess what I'm saying is, please go out and talk to your family members, find out their history, find out. I, I guarantee you, there's not a person out there breathing that doesn't have something interesting to say. Absolutely. And it, and I'm challenging everybody out there to. Talk to that uncle. Talk to that aunt. How did they? Did they make it through the the Great Depression, or mm-hmm. what do they see in in what's happening today? Does this? Oh well, this reminds me of right. And uh, what does it remind you of? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, how important it is. You know, growing up, and I, 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 I don't even. I have no idea where it is today, but. Growing up, I remember my father and my family, his side of the family anyway, but both sides of the family had one, as a matter of fact, come mm-hmm. to think of it, but they didn't have recorders, they mm-hmm. didn't have uh, Apple computers, they didn't have <laughs> Apple iPhones, they didn't have any of this stuff, but they had the huge family Bible. Yep. And everything historical was in that Bible. Baby Sue was born today, mm-hmm. you know, and so and so and and on and on. We well, we lost Uncle Uncle Bill, mm-hmm. you know, and it was all in that family Bible. And you know, if if people back then could take the time to write it out, right? Why can't we take the time to record it? Mm-hmm. And what those memories will mean to you. 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now and mm-hmm. to your kids, please, please take the time to to record or, Absolutely. or write, this, write this stuff down. And there are companies out there that do a video history of uh, recording of the family. Mm-hmm. And we got it done both here in Atlanta and also down in uh, Jacksonville, Florida for my wife's family. Oh, so man. those are some great stories that were told. Um, and you're absolutely right. The generations behind us, you know, that's our legacy. And if we don't tell that story, what happens to the legacy? Where does it go? And every 
human being on the face of this earth has some kind of input and some type of story to tell, especially in today's uh, times. You really have to capture what you have before it's gone. And uh, you just, you, you're absolutely right, Dave. You just don't know when. You don't know the time nor the place. And, uh, you know, I tell folks, when you get that phone call, that's one call that you have to a- answer. You can't put it on hold. <laughs> you can't say, you know, uh, leave a voicemail. And, um, you know, I want the story to be there for the future generations to say, hey, you know, I, I kind of knew Paul Paul and I, I thought I understood all the things that he had done. But, wow, you know. That's it's amazing. It really is. It is, and and it's a. I hate to use. It's a crime, but it's not a it's not punishable crime. But it's a crime to lose mm-hmm. those things and lose the experience uh, that uh, you know. My again, my dad, my father was a officer uh, commander in the navy, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know his his time on a ship. Uh, he had, and uh, he had some gross stories about leaving San Francisco and going to Hawaii, and a bunch of people on the ship had never weren't seaworthy, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they didn't have the patch behind the ear. And, oh boy! Uh, you know, he he told me through you know <laughs> stuff that you really don't want to hear at noon. But anyhow, <laughs> you know, they're just uh, everybody has an experience. Of Absolutely. Some sort. Absolutely. And, uh, they're none too big and none too small. And mm-hmm. What I would like is the folks that served under General Dix to tell us some of those stories and what it was like. And uh, you can email me, David, at America's Web Radio, and uh, we'd love to hear from you and love to hear the stories. And, you know, it just, uh, if, if like, the, like the saying is, if you don't keep up with history then you're doomed to repeat it absolutely and, uh, um, and there there's stories just like in uh, Bob Babcock's book uh, mm-hmm. the stories from Vietnam uh, I'm ready to talk uh, you know if, if if you don't get them then they're, they're gone forever and mm-hmm. that's that's not good yeah not absolutely good. so with that being said uh, you know, uh, you mentioned or we talked very briefly about the potential of either the reserves being called up, the National Guard, or or the, the possibility of uh, the military being called up, which I don't – I'm like you. I don't think the military would be the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know, and, and nobody's ever said um, – how many medical units there are? I know there's some actual National Guard medical units that that's that's their thing. But right. I, I have no idea how big or how small that is, and uh, I don't know that. Uh, my thinking is is I and I'm not a epidemiologist or <laughs> just a poor old boy that has a mic in front of him, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it seems to me like if everything, if we just stopped mm-hmm. and didn't give the virus a chance to have any kind of gestation period or jump from one person to the next mm-hmm. for a couple of two or three days, then it would stop itself. Yeah, you you would think it would tend to burn out or 
when the uh, the weather changes, there are some in the uh, profession that anticipate that the heat will, you know, keep the virus at bay. Um, you know, you just never know. You know, but there are two examples that I, I can recall. Uh, one from Desert Storm, where we had probably two thirds of the 24th Infantry Division got uh, food poisoning mm-hmm. for some uh, from some food that was provided uh, to us at the uh, the Port of Demam, and uh, and to see you know that many people sick with um, you know uh, diarrhea and everything else imaginable at that time um, you know we quarantined probably two brigades worth of personnel wow. got everybody cleaned up uh, burned a lot of uniforms uh, swapped out uh, cots everything you could think of uh, took hot showers got everybody uh, cleaned up and we were able to uh, quarantine the personnel, separate them, and then immediately identify the source of what we had eaten and what made everybody sick. And then turned around, disposed of all of that material, and then, you know, got everybody back to uh, a, a steady diet of stuff that, you know, we controlled as an army that we brought back from the states and uh, we got the brigades back up on their feet within two to three weeks got everybody healthy again and then prepared to move out uh, to our intermediate staging bases uh, out in the uh, in the hinterlands uh, but if any of our listeners are listening and they were a part of the division and they remember those days you know please come up on the net and uh, let us know you know, if it has similarities to what we're seeing today with uh, COVID-19 and, uh, you know, it, it just it's, it sparked some debate on how we should be handling what we should be handling. And, uh, you know, personal hygiene was the center focus back then and should really be the center focus right now. That's your best line of defense is excellent personal hygiene. Uh, if you know you're sick, stay away from everybody else. Self-quarantine, uh, drink plenty of fluids, uh, get a pump a lot of vitamin C into your bodies. And, uh, you know, if it escalates, then you go and you seek uh, medical attention ASAP, get tested, and then complete your treatment, and then come on back out, you know. Um, I think the uh, professional sports teams, as we talked earlier, have done a great job of, you know, shutting down the seasons. Um, you know, there's no game that they play that's worth somebody's life and having those large crowds uh, in confined spaces with the potential for that disease or that bug to jump from person to person and then continue to spread. So oh, it could be disastrous. Absolutely. You know, the one thing I, I and I don't I don't keep up with basketball, but uh they were talking and talking to some of the coaches, and I, I salute the players mm-hmm. that said, well, you know, the ones that work behind the scene, we're going to pay their salaries. Yep, absolutely. And uh, to step forward like that, I, you know, uh, we hear the bad news about mm-hmm. them. But I'm glad we heard the good news about them, too. And I Absolutely. think it's uh, fantastic that 
they they've come forward and you know they they appreciate the people that are up in the stadiums passing out the cokes and everything mm-hmm. else while they're making their million dollars or whatever mm-hmm. but that's uh, i uh that really got me yep. and uh i i applaud them for doing it and uh like i said i don't keep up and i didn't i don't recognize the names but uh they are they are heroes as well mm-hmm. and the fact that they recognize for lack of better words the little people absolutely and those are the people that can't afford not to have a paycheck at this particular point in time you know, Mr. Blank said, hey, we're going to pull a plan together and we're going to make sure we get those people paid and we're going to keep them and sustain them through this time frame. And, uh, you know, the administration, some of the things that they're doing to try to offset and make sure that small businesses can stay alive. Uh, folks can actually stay home with their kids and make sure their kids are uh, taken care of. The uh, school systems in trying to do things online. Uh, all the way from the colleges and universities all the way down to the elementary schools. You know, I, I think it's a great idea because you don't expose our next generations to the disease and you keep them safe from it and you get them through uh, their schoolwork. You know, it's going to call for discipline. You know, they're going to actually have to put the PS4 down and actually do their homework online and as if they were really in school. You know, I've got two grandkids at home that, you know, we were up prepping them this morning. Hey, we're going to get your homework. When we get back, uh, get ready because uh, you've got school work to do. So no PS4 during the week, just as if you were in school. It's not uh, a day off. This is, you know, your new reality until we weather this storm. And uh, I think, you know, uh, being able to p- uh, pay parents and give them some uh, some leave pay, behind this thing will help some families uh, sustain and um, if not you got to be able to give them forgiveness at the end of the month because if you can't go to work and you can't earn a salary but the risk is great if you do then you know you put people in a precarious situation that they feel they have to go out and do something and then they expose themselves then they get sick and who's going to take care of the kids at home when mom and dad now have this and uh you know so it just we got to as a society and our politicians have got to think through what need to be done to make sure that we're protecting everybody you know uh I'm going to take this opportunity to say that if uh, the folks that are listening to this uh one it's going to be archived and you'll be able to listen to it at your convenience whenever and if you want to become a part of it just give me a call and we'll tell you how you can be a part of this show it's uh remembering desert shield and desert storm and we have the support of the georgia military veterans hall of fame and uh, we recognize them and john's creek uh Veteran uh, Vietnam Veterans Association that is putting the wall up, and they'll have their opening ceremony on March the twenty eighth. That's With, been post. It's been postponed. Oh, has it? Uh huh. Oh, They're going to move it out until probably sometime around uh, the tail end of April or oh, okay. early May. Mike didn't call. Yeah, but, I, I just heard it uh, on the radio uh, coming over, and I saw an email. You know, I want to. Uh, bring up something else that uh, again i haven't heard a person one say this so we'll be the first to talk about it but the reality of what's happening today 
each and every one of us is writing history. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, it was, I was working at KLBK 1340 on your radio dial <laughs> in Lubbock, Texas, when uh, President Kennedy was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally speaking at a radio station, someplace, probably in the GM's office, but someplace he'd go over and they'd pull down a book. Mm-hmm. Oh. Here's what we do when a president. Well, there ain't no book up there. Absolutely. And, uh, we played it by ear. As far as I know, other than biblically, mm-hmm. there's no book written about what we're going through right now. Right. And so, folks, what you're doing is you're living history, and mm-hmm. you'll be writing down history. And Absolutely. Just like we were talking a minute ago, passing it on to your kids, your grandkids, and whoever else someday i made it through the 2020 pandemic mm-hmm. that was worldwide yep and uh you know and and richard I, you know i i'm very optimistic that it will we will have a happy ending but at the same token um when we're writing this history, mm-hmm. we have to show the good side of it. It can't Absolutely. be all doom and gloom. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to be, well, we came together as a country, we, we did this, we did that, and uh, the we word should be in mm-hmm. almost everything. Our neighbors got together, we mm-hmm. did this, or whatever. So, folks, you're living in history, and be careful how you write it. Absolutely. Absolutely, and capture those, capture those lessons learned for future generations so yes. we can uh, map out how to respond to the next pandemic, you know, 20, 30 years from now. Because it, 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 it happens, and it's happened before, and, you know, our infrastructure was prepared. Uh, it is uh, borderline being overwhelmed, but... They're taking the lessons learned from the avian flu and the bird flu and, and other pandemics that uh, were recorded in history and applying some of those lessons learned, you know. You know, I, uh, I've i been ashamed of some of our politicians that have tried to politicize this, but the fact of the matter is I was talking to a White House person that told me that and and the news has never reported this, not that I know of anyway. But one of the first acts that Trump did when he took office was that he called together, and that's why it's gone pretty fast and fairly smoothly, really. He put together a pandemic team. This was within the first week of him taking the presidency. And um, that's why it wasn't, he was one phone call away from having his team in place. Yeah, you know, he... Uh he kind of pulled the team together, but he also streamlined and reduced some critical personnel that uh, they had to recall. And, uh, you know, every time you come in, there's always, when you have a transition, you always look at it from a different lens, and you make decisions based off of what you think the country needs and where it needs to go. And then... You know, uh, being able to acquiesce and do a a 180 when things that you've enacted go wrong and then call it as you see it and then put it back in its proper place is uh, a mark of a good administration. Now, you know, um, we haven't seen 
a lot of that. You know, it's just, it, you know, times such as these are not a time for finger pointing and saying, hey, you did this or you did that. No, uh, you can't do that when uh, when Americans are getting sick and people are dying. And, you know, uh, look at Italy. There are no finger pointing over there. You know, there's there's one Italy and it's trying to survive. You know, and I mean, you're talking mass numbers on a daily basis, and they haven't even hit the peak of what the medical professionals and the scientists are saying they're really going to endure. You know, uh, the people don't want to hear the government fractured, and they don't want to hear or see a lot of finger pointing. They want answers, they want responses, and they want them to get on top of this as quickly as possible. You know, and... um there are a lot of things that we can take, um, both positive and negative, and make sure that we use it to the best of our ability so we don't have mass numbers, large numbers. And, uh, you know, at some point in time, we've got to get away from the politicization of everything that happens in the United States. You know, um, I constantly preach one United States, and we are at our best when we are one. And this is a, a great time to come to that kind of realization. No question. And, uh, you know, this, just what you said is why we always, we may get down, but we wind up on top. Amen. And uh, it's it's our attitude. It's our resilience. It's cool. everything. And uh, I think that just like you said, the important thing to remember in this or anything is... We are Americans. Amen. Uh, we're not hyphenated Americans. We're Americans. Nope. So you know, it's it's going to be interesting. We need to. I guess we ought to take a break. That that would be a, a change and uh, <laughs> see what see what happens when we take a break. And we'll be back right after this. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not. You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. 
If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Richard, you know, there are people out there that are jealous because they don't get to hear what we all talk about during the break. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, folks, we cover most of it on the air, but uh, there are a few things that we might say off the air. But, uh, you know, I I hope people appreciate, you know, General Dix comes in here giving of his own time and experience and and he, and he tunes up his voice. Got to throw that in. But uh, no, he's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful man and a wonderful leader. And what he says about what we're going through right now, I hope you've taken notes and or at least mental notes. And you know, this is uh, there's just no way to put a silver lining on it yet. Mm-hmm. But I hope we do put a silver lining on it, and and we look back in two or three weeks or four weeks or whatever, and say, okay, well, the U.S. showed what it's the backbone is made of, absolutely, and uh, we did it. We all did it, and we all sacrificed a little bit, but we also all also gave. And uh, you know, the other thing that that uh, one out of four homeless and this is across the country are mm-hmm. veterans mm-hmm. and uh i i work with a lady called frankie holbrook that uh, has a she's a, a street missionary and uh i don't see how she does what she does but she does and uh um i pray every night for her and and the homeless mm-hmm. and uh if whatever opportunity you have if you can do anything, mm-hmm. because there is there uh, there is as big a target as as the elderly like I am or mm-hmm. or anybody else is, and uh, they they some of them don't even know that they uh, have they can get medical care, mm-hmm. and uh, so in your prayers as you're praying for the nation, I hope you'll also include. Uh, 
the homeless and uh, and the veterans that are homeless as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, David, uh, to dovetail off of what you just said, um, there are approximately uh, 12,500 across the state of Georgia, according to those that work at the Capitol. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to have teamed with uh, Dr. Denise Cosby um, of making a difference for the veterans. And uh, we're working behind the scenes um, to bring uh, a capability that is holistic, that uh, gets at both the problem and the process to bring uh, both the veterans and the non-veterans back to a sustainable status where they are contributing and they are a part of our global village. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting Frankie. Uh, this is uh, probably the third or fourth time I've heard you mention her name. And uh, I would love to sit down and just pick her brain on what she's seeing out there and the needs. Um, you know, the homeless population is extremely vulnerable right now because they don't have access to running water. You know, they can't exercise personal hygiene, you know, as constantly as the medical professionals are telling us we need to do it. You know, after you touch a doorknob or after you sneeze or if you cough, you need to immediately wash your hands. You know, you need to have sanitizer available. You know, they don't have access to that. And that's what they need. You know, um, someone once told me, I don't need your self-pity. You know, I need something tangible that can help me get to where I need to go and to be able to take care and sustain my family. You know, and a lot of the people that that we've been talking about from the professional uh, ranks that support the uh, arenas where the uh, sporting events go on, they they're always they're just one paycheck away from being homeless. And now that this has happened and they've shut down everything that's their livelihood and it's it goes on a seasonal cyclic uh, opportunity for them where now they don't have that so you probably just you know in another 30 or 40 days we'll probably add to the roles of the homeless not here not only here in this state but across the United States so you know when we talk about us coming together as one America it's even more critical that we come together right now to help those, but more importantly, to prevent the next round of homelessness that could be an incubator for the COVID-19 virus and, you know, keeps things escalating. You know, so when you see someone, if you got some extra hand sanitizer, share it with them, you know, or get them, you know, whatever you can give to try to help them. But, um, you know, there are um, agencies out there, nonprofits, that are doing everything humanly possible because they know they were vulnerable before this even began. Now you drop this into the middle of them, and now you've got the perfect storm for our homeless that can decimate that population. And they are our brothers and sisters that we need to care about. And I, I applaud you for bringing that up and being willing to talk about that on our show today. It's absolutely critical. Well, you know, I I hate to say it, but um, I had to be slapped upside the head and, and, uh, 
you know, just like you said, we're all brothers and we're all sisters. And uh, I, you know, have had a time when I said, uh, why why don't they go get a job or mm-hmm. why don't they do this or why, you know, they're just, you know, one step above an animal or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there, too, there's some amazing stories out there. Mm-hmm that are with the homeless there's some amazing talent Mm -hmm. in the homeless sect and you know it just and and again i i don't get along with people that aren't homeless much less people that are because i i haven't walked in their shoes and uh, when you haven't uh, you don't know what's going on mentally but i Mm -hmm. i'm like you i applaud frankie holbrook her her Nonprofit is called uh, Shine Is Light, and it's mm-hmm. Frankie Holbrook, uh, K I E, and then Holbrook. And uh, you can look her up online, and uh, you know anything from five bucks to five thousand, whatever. But she uh, she's out there day in and day out, right. and uh, quite frankly. I haven't got the intestinal fortitude or the guts to go out and go some of the places that she does. And just her stories. Mm-hmm. Can, uh, can't curl your hair because you ain't got any, but <laughs> curl my hair. But, you know, just uh, and thank God for people like her. And mm-hmm. she's not obviously not the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of others. And uh, I'll put my last two cents worth in. I wish our government... Congress could get their head out of the sand and give doctors a buy on malpractice and a, and doctors a break on taxes, mm-hmm. and then the homeless will have all the medical attention mm-hmm. they want. Uh, it's that simple. Absolutely. And we've been working on it, and we can't get Congress or anybody else to see, see the light of mm-hmm. how easy uh, the solution can be. Absolutely. And it should go for the first responders, the teachers, the administrators, you know, all of those uh, professions that directly impact and touch, you know, everybody in this country. They need to develop, you know, a way that if we can't give them more pay or we can't align the uh, budget to where, you know, you can make an impact where it's truly needed. And I understand, just like you understand, the defense of this country and what you have to be prepared to do and how you have to keep up with our adversaries around the world. But I will tell you, um, you know, there are a lot of people, both in and out of uniform, that do a lot to effectively do more with the dollars that we get. You know, uh, and it doesn't call for throwing an exorbitant amount of dollars at a problem. But, you know, it'll it'll allow us to reshift some of those funds where it's needed. And, you know, and if you can't shift those funds, then give the tax breaks, you know, um, at the tip of the spear where it's really needed, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I go into schools uh, around the country and I'm just amazed on a daily basis, you know, and I tell teachers and administrators, <laughs> wow. You know, and they're like, oh, sir, you know, you've been to combat, you know. And I'm like, uh, no. You guys and what y'all deal with on a daily basis and what we as a people pay you guys, you know, uh, you are my 
true heroes and doctors are the same thing nurses you know uh, the medical profession on a whole is overwhelmed underpaid um, and there are a lot of creative things that, that you mentioned that we could do that could help these folks out you know sure. and uh, you know it's time to put the politics aside and come up with some kind of solution that uh, you know gives us what we need and, and that is the foundation you know if you have a solid foundation everything else builds off of that you know and you see true success across the board when the foundation is solid and it's balanced across the board and you know that's that's what we need to get back to Richard, let me ask you some. I uh, <laughs> here it comes. No, 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 no. I don't want you to sing another joke. No, um, no I, I had thought, you know, as, as we see the stores and people panicking, and oh my God, we're not going to have food. We're not going to be able to eat, and all this. What they don't know, or and I may not know either. I may be blowing smoke, but. In the 70s, we still had stockpile after stockpile after stockpile of what we call sea rations. Mm-hmm. And if if I were a betting man, I'd bet there's still some sea rations out there. <laughs> and now MREs. Yep. And uh, the government, you know, uh, they can fill up a deuce and a half with, with uh, MREs and feed a lot of folks. Oh, yeah. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm not saying not. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen or anything like mm-hmm. that. But at the same token, I don't. That's going hungry is down at the bottom of my list mm-hmm. as far as running out of supplies. Absolutely, our farmers have do have and do do a fantastic job. Uh, I don't particularly care for the middlemen, but uh, the end producers, they do a fantastic mm-hmm. job. And, uh, you know, we may, the shelves may be a little empty right now, mm-hmm. but they'll be filled back up in, in short order, in, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, there's no need to panic and, uh, and you know, um, there's no need to fight over toilet paper. And I'm like, nah. really? There, There is absolutely no need. Um Buy a box of Kleenex. It works the same. Absolutely. You know, and, and what you said about the MREs and uh, Class 1 rations, period, is absolutely true. You know, and uh, there are stockpiles all strategically placed around the United States that uh, if push came to shove, uh, we could take care of the American people and the military personnel that are serving this great country, uh, both here domestically and worldwide. So uh, you're absolutely right. There's no need to panic. There's no need to make a run on thousand loaves of bread. You know, uh, when you do that, you know you're going to waste food because you can't eat all of it. And um, you know, there 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 are your fellow countrymen out there that need it. You know, and um, uh, we were in a Kroger on Friday, and um, you know there was so much uh, teamwork going on in the store with uh, you know fellow citizens that were buying food Uh, nobody was fighting over anything nobody was pushing anybody around we were helping each other we were talking through the scenario Uh, a lot of people were asking me well why do you have that in your cart you know I'm like well ma'am you know what I'm doing is I'm replicating what an MRE would provide for my family and stuff you know I, I dried goods that you know we could put on the shelf for 
60, 90 days and still be able to eat at a certain time and stuff. That's all we need. We don't need that much, um, you know, and I want to save some for uh, my neighbor who may need some. Uh, we brought some extra and uh, gave to a next-door neighbor who was uh, a little older and uh, a senior. And, uh, you know, those are the, the kind of things that we grew up, you know, and that, that, that village that, that we had back in the day, you know, um, I remember taking dinners to my neighbors and helping them out, you know, and uh, not questioning why my mother and grandmothers were preparing food and then taking it to Miss Betty down the street, you know, um, and helping feed. And, you know, my wife's parents told me stories about uh, the neighborhood kids coming over to their house every morning before school sitting down on newspaper and you know they were feeding along with her brothers and sisters and um, those people now are grown and they were telling me the story of how they would not have made it had it not been for Nancy and Lewis Fields feeding the entire neighborhood those are the things that we got to get back to and not retreat into our own little enclave but remember the village is larger you know, dynamic, and we got to take care of everybody in this side of that village. You know, the politicians need to remember that, especially, you know, because, Amen. you know, that will now drive sound decisions that will make sure the whole village is taken care of, not just a certain segment. You know, and what you were saying earlier, too, and, and what we were talking about with the homeless is the. Uh, Give a man a fish and he eats for a day. Give a man the weight of fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Amen. And uh, this is, um, and I guess, the other thing. And I, and I, I fought myself. And uh, you know, these they're human too. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not animals. They're mm-hmm. they're humans. And uh, we've got a. They're our brothers. They're our sisters. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, um, doesn't mean you have to take them home with you. Just take care of them. Or Absolutely. Do what you can. Get, you know, whether it's a, a small amount of money or, or this or that. And I don't have the answer. People like Frankie Holbrook that I've mentioned several times, she has the answer. Mm-hmm. And she knows, you know, the, the night that we got down in the upper 20s two or three, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, whenever mm-hmm. it was, she was out handing out blizzard blankets. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever even think of that, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was, but that's the kind of sweetheart lady she is. Mm-hmm. And she had prepared for the for the weather and out giving out uh, blizzard blankets to uh, to so people wouldn't freeze mm-hmm. and or get sicker than some of them are from the exposure anyway. Absolutely. And. Um, so a deal with somebody that knows what they're talking about, and uh, unfortunately there are people that will say they know what they're talking about when they don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm not an expert on anything, but... Whatever the solution, whatever the solution we come up with has got to take care of the whole of a person, yes, not sir. just one aspect of what they're dealing with, you know. And um, just like you said earlier, you know, you've got to understand... You know, and you got to be able to walk in someone else's shoes. You know, I've I've spoken to people that worked at a Fortune 500 company. You know, and they were living paycheck to paycheck, 
and you know they were in a area that the cost of living was you know out of this world and you know you're talking about unceremoniously getting laid off a fire from a job having no safety net you know two kids at home a house you know a dog and two cars and then all of a sudden 30 days later you're living out of that car you know home has been closed and you know and you're hanging on to the two kids the wife and the dog and you're just trying to make it you know and once you go into that realm it's very hard to come out unless you have help you've got programs that are designed to give you an end-to-end type solution that helps these folks out and those are the things that we really need to focus on you know and there are those here locally uh in our government that are doing just that you know we're just scrambling trying to get everything structured to be able to provide a total end-to-end type solution and stuff and uh, not only for the veterans but for everybody that's suffering through um, what we consider hard times well unfortunately i think we're uh going to see the domino effect uh, cause more hard times mm-hmm. in the near future and uh, you know it's it's like what I said a minute ago if you want to get involved with this show or any of our shows um, you can join as a patron you can become a patron of the station get our newsletter or uh, you know you'll have dra- direct access to our host like General Dix and um you know, we'd like to hear from you, and quite frankly, we want to know that uh, we got support out there for what we're doing. And we have some of the – we have tomorrow, um, Wednesday, is uh, Sandy Bostic that was uh, an agent for Homeland Security. Ah. And uh, he's got – talking about stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some stories. And beyond that, tomorrow he's going to talk about – what we're talking about sort of is survival mm-hmm. and getting through what we're about to go through amen and uh, there's going to be obviously there as things tighten up there'll unfortunately be more crime and you know we're just going to have to stick together mm-hmm. please don't go any place at night particularly by yourself it just just and the whole bottom line is Ask God for wisdom in what you do, and think about what you're about to do and what you're doing, and uh, we'll make it. Amen. We'll make it. So, Amen. General Dix, as always, I I look forward to this hour. It's cool. such, it's such a pleasure to just be in your company. And uh, same here, David. Same here. You know, we uh, folks, if you ever want to come in and see the show. Uh, once we get past this, and uh, we have the sterilization unit out front, and uh, yeah, and the no. biggest uh, hand sanitizer container I've, I've seen in a very long time, <laughs> and uh, we squirt you down with it. But no, we, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, if you would like to come in, uh, just email me, David at americaswebradio.com. and uh, if you can go online to become a uh, patron. We'd appreciate that as well. And stay tuned for – we just have super shows. Tomorrow with uh, Sandy Bostick, and uh, we call it uh, uh, 
agent in charge, and uh, Sandy is. And uh, he's also got some very interesting cattle that he raises. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be talking about that in the near future and what he's going to be doing with them. But for everybody else, thank you for listening today. And, uh, you know, uh, we want to uh, close by, again, acknowledging your friends and the folks that have left us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I hope and pray that they've gone to a better place. Absolutely. uh, That, um, you know, they'll, you know, you and I both know some pretty rusty, crusty veterans. (laughs) And and you have to say, I wonder if. But Mm -hmm. my feeling is, and uh, we talk about the ultimate sacrifice, well, the my feeling is for what most of them have given and done Mm -hmm. um, there's a very special place for them absolutely Uh, absolutely we don't know i certainly don't know but uh one of these days uh, if i make it to heaven i'll let you know and if there's a od green unit over there i'll i'll pass it on to you i'll look forward to joining you one day it's uh we just don't know but Mm -hmm. uh and and it's a shame that we're losing so many of the the uh, World War II vets and and now Vietnam veterans mm-hmm. and certainly Korean veterans as well. So please go out and get their story before you can't get their story from them. And uh, Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise. And unfortunately, in Atlanta, the creeks may be rising, but. Uh, <laughs> As long as they don't rise too much, we'll be back next week. Amen. Looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.